Welcome to Alligator Preserves, everyone. I am your host, Laurel McCarg, and today I have the pleasure of doing something I've never done before. I am interviewing co-authors, two different people on the show, and full disclosure, I have to tell you, I know these crazy ladies, so, <laughs> so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Good morning, Jean, aka Gaga Gabardi, and Judy Butler. Welcome to Alligator Preserves. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. You're welcome. You are coming from right here in Colorado, Judy, and I mean, Jean, and from Florida, uh, our friend Judy. And I've got to tell our audience, I know you two because I've worked with you and I've written with you. Right now, Jean, aka Gaga Gabardi, is the president of CC Writers Exchange. And Judy, you were the vice president, yes? Yes, I was. Before you decided to leave our beautiful Colorado and move to hot, sweltering Florida, <laughs> where, where you still could have been the vice president, but that's okay. We're, we're, we're letting you go. Anyway, you two have written, well, I have book one of what has become a series of a cozy murder mystery. So, but before we get into your book. I would like each of you to tell me just a little bit about yourself. Judy, tell me, tell our audience who you are. Well, Judy Butler, who lives right now in Wyoming primarily, but I spend the winters down here in Florida. Uh, I was a teacher. I was a marketing person with IBM. And now I'm happily retired, although I think I have a whole new job with writing and <laughs> it's been a lot of time working on our books and enjoying every minute of it. So um, that's it. Very happy to be doing it and love co-authoring with Gaga. We'll talk about that. Gaga, Gabardi. I, lo I love uh, I that. Think <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think it's very funny because Judy's saying, I really enjoy this. And I'm thinking, the last month has been, you know, where, <laughs> and I'm without internet on and off. And it's been poor Judy is like stuck holding it down in Florida. I'm sorry, Judy. Because <laughs> Jean, very Jean, because Jean, you've been moving, building, doing things. Yes. Yes. And thank God I have a network of women who support me in this. And I can text them and say, okay, pull me back from the ledge. And then I call Judy. And then, <laughs> then it happens. But, you know, my background, I never thought I would be a writer. I mean, I, I come out of the corporate world. I was in telecommunications, retired from that very happily. Then, <laughs> And then I got my pilot's license. And I think I have it on the website. I needed money for fuel. Av fuel is not cheap. So I, uh, a company called me up and would I do some consulting and training? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I'll do it. 
And uh, that little company was IPS, a very fun little company that, of course, has been gobbled up several different times and it's long gone now. But I got a lot of international experience and, um, you know, consulting and project management and um, discovered I really liked developing courses, maybe not writing. But then COVID hit. And just before that, I met Judy. Oh, whole new thing, along with all the volunteering I do now in Buena Vista. And also, uh, hubby and I have uh, our permanent home is still Manitou Springs, but we spend a lot of time in Buena Vista. And as you mentioned, Laurel, the construction was a, a, a learning experience. Maybe I could put it that way. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> not, so, not something you would recommend to a lot of people, right? No, 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 no. And so your your nickname, Gaga, I believe, was it your grandson who yeah, named, yeah. named you? Yeah, I have a 10-year-old grandson, and uh, he couldn't say it quite right. And so he converted um, grandma or whatever, you know, how, however babies make those choices, converted it to Gaga, and it's stuck. And now there's a 6-year-old and a 3-year-old along with a 10-year-old, and um, it's Gaga across the board. And now... Uh, even my two daughters are calling me Gaga. So I think that's a real problem, but that's another conversation. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I didn't realize that you two just met right before COVID hit. I thought you were longtime friends. We met uh, because our husbands uh, both like to fly remote control airplanes. So they met each other and then decided that the four of us needed to get together for dinner. And we did. But it was probably two years before COVID hit. Uh, don't you think, Jean? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. OK. All right. And so, Jean, you mentioned having to buy fuel for your aircraft. Uh, I think the price of gas right now for regular is about three, anywhere between three twenty nine a gallon to three fifty nine a gallon for regular. What is it per gallon for aircraft fuel? <laughs> Air fuel for my little plane uh, for the the airplane Duane and I have is a little moony. So it's just a little four passenger single engine, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's very fuel efficient. It's an econo model and um, it's running between five and six and it probably won't go down. You know, once it hits a peak, what, why would you back down? You know, no, right. not really. Even yeah. if you could, because people will still pay because they have to, <laughs> they, have, they have to get places. Right. Exactly. So before we get into any detailed questions about the last hurrah, a Phoebe Cornell mystery. Uh, Jean, could you give our audience an elevator pitch for this? Uh, let's see, how many floors will I give you? I'll give you, I gave my last author five floors. Five so, floors? Wow. Yeah. Well, you get in into that elevator. I could actually read the back of the book. I, you know, five floors is a lot. All right, then three. Elevator. Then three floors. You can't three read the whole floors. back. Yeah. <laughs> if you like, fun stories, murder stories, strong women, small communities, relentless detective, you need to buy this book. All right. Bing, bing. Ladies yeah. lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So, Judy, why did you write this book? I mean, obviously, you guys met 
you started talking. Gene, you already said you didn't think you'd ever write. You know, we are both in the writing community because something obviously spurred you to do that. And so what was it, Judy, that all of a sudden made the two of you decide to co-write a murder mystery? Okay. Well, it was initiated and one of the CCWE events, the one that was in Leadville, where we were asked to each do a murder mystery or a very short story. And long story short, after that was all done, and our president at the time, uh, Jennifer, took a look at all of the short stories, she came to Jean and I and said, if you two combined your stories, you have the makings of a novel. And we just like looked at each other and thought, well, why not? What? Let's try it. What? What's the worst that could happen, you know? And so, and so we just started that process, not really just fumbling our way along and just trying to figure out how to do it. But we, we just have had a lot of fun in that writing process. And so that's what started it. And then uh, when, of course, COVID hit, which was, was another reason why we would continue on because it gave us something to do. And we can write using technology. And that's another whole story about how we write together. We'll we'll get into that. And so Jennifer Sweet is the one who recommended that you had a novel. I didn't know that either. And that was that was the the one we write that I believe I missed, which is kind (laughs) of ironic because I lived in Leadville, a.k.a. Oarsville, should I say. For for 12 years. And uh, I what I really loved about this story is that I recognized so much. Oh, my goodness. Of course. Of course I would. So, wow, that was awesome. And so please. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What Judy left out is so we agreed we would combine our stories. And uh, there was a little chat about that at the um, writing uh, session also. And then Jenny Sweet really kind of carried it home. And we started working with her. Judy goes to to France for like what felt like six months. It's like, (laughs) Judy, Judy. Yeah, can you hear me in France? No, no laptop, no nothing. Sent would send pictures of the great time she was having, and I'm back in Colorado, sweating bullets trying to help put these two stories together. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> Sorry, Judy. Sorry, Judy, Judy, Judy. All right. Oh, <laughs> so that gets me into my next question which is, you know, when I think about co-writing piece by piece, 10 lessons with uh, from a jigsaw puzzle with one of my besties, Nadine Collier, uh, we had to figure out who was going to do what, you know, she suggested topics, you know, I tweak some of them. And then I would do, I did chapters. And then at the end of the chapter, she had a separate part for reflections. And so that made it very easy. We each had very distinctive roles in co-creating our book. Now for your book, you have a novel. 
So you can't really say, well, I, I guess you could say I do chapter one, you do chapter two. I don't think that's how you did it. So without mentioning the other person, tell me, we'll start with Eugene. Tell me what your role is in developing and writing the story. What, what did you take on and how did you decide what you were going to take on? Oh, okay. Well, the first book was interesting because we had for this first book, we had the little short stories each of us had written. And the feedback was put them together. And uh, so we had kind of a sketch. And uh, so we started writing from the basis of those uh, two little short stories. And I actually went to a workshop uh, Judy had gone to Florida for the winter, following, of course, her trip to France. And she had gone to Florida, and I had gone to a workshop. I think it was a February workshop with the Writers Exchange. And you talked about a narrative arc. And on the way, I had to go back to Manitou Springs. And on the way, I called up Judy and said, Judy, have you ever heard of this thing called a narrative arc? And Judy's long silence. Uh, no. I said, well, well, we'll just have to Google that because Laurel was talking about it. And I think it could be helpful. But we had already written most of book one at that point. So we were fumbling along in the dark and using those two little short stories. We were kind of building a narrative arc. Don't you think, Judy, it was kind of like that? And yes. then we added to it, embellished uh, the short stories. Yeah, I'm glad she's agreeing. <laughs> so more specifically, how? Like, uh, and maybe Judy, maybe you can help I can. Me. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Judy. <laughs> we did. So we laid out a narrative arc. And then this is really how it worked. We One of us would begin writing in Google Docs. And then we would set a time and most of the time would be like from eight in the morning till 10 in the morning. And we would get on FaceTime and Google Docs and we would look at what the other person had written and then edit it and add to it or subtract or do whatever till we got a page or two that we were happy with the way that looked. And then we'd go on to the next one, or I would have an idea, or Jean would have an idea and would run with that. So let's say we did another two or three pages. The next day, we would look at it together, read it out loud, and decide if we needed to do anything to it. Then sometimes, and Jean is very good at this, she would go back to take a look at what was written, and then she would augment it maybe with some dialogue or some background information. And then we would go back together and go over it again <laughs> together and then, and then move on. Uh, so it was really very collaborative of how we did it, how we created the stories. And sometimes we knew where we were going and other times we freewheeled it. It, it just sort of, happened you know and and then we would agree with the way the direction took so and we were learning by the seat of our pants having never done this <laughs> yes. true confessions 
<laughs> right. It, so- it sounds like it was written kind of in a pantser style, you know, pantsers versus planners. So was right. any was any portion of it planned? In book one, I would say not so much. Book two, I had an ending in mind. And I wrote the ending, and Jean did not read the ending. Jean and I wrote the rest of the book. And whenever anything came up that I knew wouldn't work with the ending, I said, well, we can't do that. <laughs> Jean would revisit. That was interesting. Well, mm-hmm. t- what was, was this purposeful that you said, I have an ending and, and Jean, I don't want you to read it? That was purposeful? No, no. Jean chose not to read it. Right. She didn't want to know what the end was while she was writing and working on the rest of the story. So it was only times that, uh, you know, if if something got written in the story that Jean was writing into the story and I knew it didn't fit the ending, then we rewrote it. So, yeah, that was fun. That was fun, but it was Jean's choice. And then it wasn't until... We were right up to the last chapter that she read it and then and she liked it. So that was good news, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. After I might add, after Judy had coached me for 200 pages, no, that's not gonna fit. Oh, wait, wait, that's not gonna work. Or <laughs> and we went, but you know, I think. We figured out a system, and uh, first off, and Judy didn't mention this, Judy is a great reader, and so we read the whole thing, and I listen, and she reads it to see how it sounds, because eventually someone's going to read this book, right? At least we hope, and so reading it, does it make sense? One of the pitfalls is you read a paragraph, maybe two or three paragraphs at a time. And sometimes you can correct, and now it's out of sync with previous. And so that, you know, that calls for more editing and and the, the like. But I think Judy reading it really makes a big difference. And she's got a great voice for it. You know, me, I sound like I've been cheap drinking cheap smoking <laughs> cigars for, you know, 50 years, but Judy has a reading voice. So it really comes alive when she reads. I go in and correct or not correct, but embellish, because I'm great at embellishing, at least my family says I am. And I highlight in pink and Judy highlights in uh, green or whatever color. I don't know what her next choice is going to be, but I tend to stick to my my red highlight. So so it's obvious, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I think that really makes a big difference. Google Docs. Oh, my. What would we do without Google Docs? There's a plug for whoever owns it now. <laughs> Looking for an investment advice? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, you know a side hustle. <laughs> right. It, it, that's a really it's a really good point though to read aloud what you've written. I don't care if it's a short story or a novel because right that's where you're going to find out sentences sentences that a reader would trip over or would have to go back and reread three times and you don't want oh. a reader to have to do that. So reading oh. it aloud is. Everybody should do that before submitting it anywhere. Oh, oh so, okay. 
So you did That's that. That's great advice. Okay, we'll try that, right, Judy? <laughs> yeah, you got it, Jean. <laughs> you, you did that intuitively. So, right. so Judy, what makes murder, what makes a murder mystery cozy? Well, we are very careful with our language so that it's a book that many uh, age ranges can read comfortably without being offended. Although there might be some innuendo about sex, there is no blatant sex in it. It is very comfortable and nice to read. Uh, I, we are very careful that we don't uh, include things that we personally think might offend somebody else whether it's a, an ethnic comment or religious comment. So, and then the story is not like some murder mysteries where you would get into the gory description of, of the murder itself and, and the crime itself. Ours is much lighter than that. Our characters are fun. Our characters have great senses of humor as they uh, just, you get to know them a little bit. So it's a fun, light, comfortable read. Um, and as Jean has said, you could cozy up next to the fireplace or you could lay out on the beach and read this book and enjoy it. Anything to add, Jean? Gaga? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think that's exactly right. I think the, that's the way cozy mystery should be. And the ones that I've read, they're fun to read. And you get into the characters. And then when we survived the first book and started on the second book, and then the third book, of course, we really came to really love our characters. And would they really do this? Or what would they do? Or um, people really love Roz and that whole, the persona of Roz and how we write the dialogue for Roz, a Southern New Orleans girl. And uh, so it's so it's very fun. It can be hard work, as you know, Laurel, with everything you've written. But it, it's cozy, and it's just cozy to read. It's fun and relaxing. It's an escape. And I think uh, Colorado Life magazine voted it one of the top books for books that take you away for 20, uh, 2021. And I thought, you know what? That's that's a good book. So, sometimes you need that. I don't read, you know, I read a lot of variety. Judy does too but a book that takes you away. You're it, on the beach or at the fireplace. <laughs> it it took me both away and back to <laughs> Orsville, <Right>? which really, <laughs> really <laughs> is Leadville. I mean, you know, I, I still have I still have Leadville Laurel as my website because, you know, after living there for 12 years and you got to love the alliteration. So I'm still Leadville Laurel, even though I live in Salida. Uh, but it, <laughs> it, it was it was fun to to know where you were talking about in different places and, oh, and just the, the tone of the whole place and, and your characters. And of course the humor that you have in it, who's your, which one of you is the funny girl? I think you both are. I think Jean does a, a lot of, of the humor when she, she writes it for the most part. Once in a while I'll come up with something, but I enjoy, I enjoy what she uh, puts in there. It's very <laughs> quick-witted, and thinking about the characters and how they would be, how they would act, and, and what 
would be funny about them. So I think Jean is really, really good at that. And she's very, very good at the history, including the history. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I must say, Judy is very good at laughing at my quips, my one-liners. Jean, <laughs> 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 encourage you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. Well, and I facilitate her her humor. So she'll say, oh, yeah, how about that? And then we go here. And that, you know, so that really grows it, really augments. So it's it really is a kind of a mutual admiration society. <laughs> Perfect. Who who came up with Buns Up Bakery? <laughs> Jean did. So you've got you've got elements of humor. You've got the mystery. There's no gore. Um, it right. is delightful in its presence. And it, then you've got the romance aspect, right? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, which is kind of teasing, which I think readers love because they want to know where that's going. And I've only read book one so far, The Last Hurrah of Phoebe Cornell Mystery. Should I ask if the rom- is this romance in book two? Does that develop at all? Well, I think that's fair to say. And our characters are being a trilogy, our characters and their theme move along through all three books. And I would say, yes, that relationships grow <laughs> through book two and into book three. Yes. Oh, oh, but, oh, oh Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm not saying anything more. Just that okay. it, it's, it's all the same characters, different sets of circumstances, but they all still stay in the small town and of Oresville. And they have uh, different circumstances. So it's um, interesting to see for us, anyhow, uh, how how they evolve. And it was fun writing the evolution of all of the different characters. Yeah. Is there a murder in each book? Uh, No. Okay. There is a murder. (laughs) And there's, you know, I I think if you if you kind of zoom up and you look at all three books, The basis is at that zoom up level is that it's uh, strong females, a relentless female deputy detective, and a small community. So we start with that foundation and we grow on that. So the first book is really touches on homelessness and we don't call it out and we don't try to make a big deal out of it, but you know, old Al, well, he was old because, or he's called old Al because, well, he was old, and we have that throughout the book. He was 69 years old, but, you know, he really lived outside. He was a gold prospector, and they wrote him off as, well, he's old. Of course he died. Yeah. He was old. He lives out in, you know, the mountains of Colorado above tree line, and he's old, so he died. But the relentless detective piece of it changes that. So the second novel then touches, just as we did with book one, second novel touches on domestic violence and domestic abuse and partner violence. And without going into a whole bunch of detail, you know, there's someone in a truck that's dead or worse. Well, you know, that's the stop and think point dead or worse. (laughs) And then in the third book, then in third book will be out here shortly. 
But in the third book, we circle back to a murder. And really, it was uh, thanks to a small town police chief who said, you know, people love to come and visit and stay sometimes and, you know, buy homes in our area. And the underbelly is that we have all of our small communities have drugs. And um, spoiler alert again, but um, so from from that zoomed up view, that's the three areas that we touch on. And uh, for us, it worked very well because we we feel strongly, Judy and I, about these three topics. Are you old? Yes, we are <laughs> old. Do, are we in healthy relationships? Yes, we can definitely say that. It certainly lasted a long time. And the third part of it is we're very concerned about the drug use. And I don't care how old you are. Drugs are a problem. And and so we get to kind of play around with that and build in some background and um, and make it cozy. And of course, our characters are growing and developing and uh, makes it very fun, very fun. So who wants to talk about research? What kind of research you had to do? Well, I'm going to turn that over to Jean in about okay. one minute. But as far as the research, I think because we were writing about a very small town, a mining community in the state of Colorado, high in the mountains, Jean did a lot of research to learn about mining in the area over the years because we wrote about it in, in the uh, families of some of the characters and just being aware of, of um, well, like voting rights for women, which is a big deal in Colorado and uh, obviously Wyoming. And, uh, so there was a lot of research and I would say that Jean did 99.9% of that research and people who have read the book that I have had an opportunity to talk with love the history, but especially folks down here in Florida who read the book and then like, well, I've never been out there, but now I feel like I've been there. Now I feel like I know what it's like, you know, to live in the mountains in Colorado and learn about the history of it and learn about mining. And so it's it's really uh, been a, a real plus for the book for people who are looking to learn a little bit besides having a good time reading our books. So Jean, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. <laughs> you know, when I was in college, I majored in history and I loved it. And then when I was a senior, I figured out I really had no way of making a living with a history degree. And so I changed my major when I was a senior. How stupid is that? And um, switched over to something where I could maybe, you know, make a living. And I love history. And the Colorado history, having lived here for, uh, let's see, 45 years or so. Uh, the history is just constantly popping up in little bits and pieces, running into people who talk about, uh, like Laurel, you lived in Leadville for, for 12 years. And now I talk to people and, and it's true. In first book, there was a town named Climax and the mining people wanted that land and they moved the town down to Leadville. Yeah. I mean, people do that. And that was a long time ago, still in the 1900s. 
but people still alive today experienced that as children. And uh, so all of that to me is material that we can write into this book. And then of course, you just don't plop a couple of paragraphs of history into the middle of what's going on. And Judy then steps in and she writes us into it and writes it and then writes it back out. And so that is uh, how we make that work. And it's delightful. And of course, some of the history is more, more current. Like I, in every one of the books, I throw in some zingers to my beloved town of Manatee Springs. And uh, some of the things written into this book are, especially in book one, are that's the way it used to be. 40 years ago when I moved to Manitou and very fun town to live in. But, um, you know, experience then is what we write into it. And once again, Judy writes us into it. We write it and then writes us back out of it. So um, it's a great collaboration, makes it makes life much easier. I admire people like yourself, Laura, who write books all by yourself. And you have collaborated, as you said, but I really admire that, that strength that it takes to do that. Well, thank you. But it's not about me. Um, How did your, how did your teenager Mm -hmm. make his appearance? Where did he come from? He came from a a town that uh, would, would have been if it was in real life, Manitou Springs, but he he just had enough of family life. His parents were kind of hippies and he was taking care of his younger siblings. And he just decided, you know, instead of being a senior in high school, I'm going to go and learn how to gold mine. I'm going to go in the mountains and make a lot of money. Because that's so easy. Off he went. <laughs> and so um, we, we, carry him forward not a whole lot more but some um and so we know uh, how he makes out and what he ends up doing and uh um, i won't uh, give away anything but he uh, he's quite the young man <laughs> and so you you had to have you had to have rose the mule in there which you have to have a a mule, a donkey, you know, in, in Leadville, in the mining area. But but who who made the decision that we need this teenage kid to show up in our story? I don't know. Yeah, Gee. I don't. Uh, but Laurel, if I could just remind you, we're old. And sometimes we don't even remember yesterday. And you're asking us about something we wrote in, in 2020. Okay. <laughs> but I, you know, I think, I, I think, we wanted to have, uh, you know, uh, not just old characters or characters who are in charge of what goes on, the newspaper, the law enforcement, running the entertainment club, the Elks Club. Uh, we wanted to have some younger people in it, and Hank seemed to be one of the possibilities. And then to add some humor to it, he and all of his siblings are given um, names that are very similar to country Western stars because his mother is a true country Western music fan. So that was fun. But but I think what we liked, and Judy, of course, has a teaching background. I think uh, we named it uh, that he rationalized dropping out before his senior year, called it his early gap year. 
<laughs> well, first off, if you have a lot of kids in the family, the odds of you having a free early or a gap year is, you know, slim. And then he he drops out and then decides it's just an early gap year. It's it's acceptable. <laughs> but he goes to apply for a job and they're like, uh, no, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> you gotta have a college or a high school diploma at least, you know. So, so it's just fun to write that into it. And um, I've talked to so many teachers, high school teachers, who have said, "Oh boy, isn't that the truth?" <laughs> yes, and and the fact that he's in there gives the book a nice balance too. As as you mentioned, you've got all these more mature people, and then you know you throw in the mule, and you throw in the young kid, and it just it it mixes things up a little bit and it and it makes it more real. So kudos, kudos on that. <laughs> so lots of lots of research, lots of, I mean, you've, you know, probably visited the place a few times. Did you discover any surprises in your research, either about the place or about yourselves? Who let's see, who wants to talk about so Judy, what do you think? Any, did you have any surprises? I would say if I wanted to talk about ourselves in regards to surprises, that we have stuck to it through three books with the plans for additional books, uh, that we have enjoyed ourselves as much as we have, that we have really embraced this writing process and and the creation of something concrete. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't think we're all that thrilled about the technology side of it, but then there's people <laughs> do that for us and we're grateful. Uh, we struggle, but you know, it's a learning, everything is a learning experience. But I think that's the other piece of it is that as um, senior citizens, doing something that's new and challenging has been very, very exciting. And it, and it just keeps your mind young. You know, the rest might not be young, but the mind is, is <laughs> and we're and so that's a really uh, good strong point. So I'll turn it over to Jean. <laughs> I really don't know what I could add to it. I I think you're right. You know, it's it's like another occupation that you have to learn from ground zero. And our support of one another, I think, has made it more and more possible. But we also get hung up on all of the bits and pieces of technology. It should work. And then all of a sudden, you'll hear Judy say, I had it all typed and it's gone. <laughs> what? No, no, Judy, don't, don't shut off your computer and reboot. <laughs> don't do that. And, you know, <laughs> so we're uh, we are constantly, uh, and and we become such good friends. You know, we talk every morning for a couple of hours, most mornings, and uh, every now and then Judy will say, "I I think I'd like to have breakfast tomorrow morning with my husband. Could we skip tomorrow?" <laughs> I'm like, fine, fine. I'll just write, and you can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I I was I was wondering about the friendship and if it has become strained at any point in in this. No, 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 not at all. And people have asked us that question, and they'll also ask about, well, how is it? How can you possibly get along with each other? And don't you ever argue about what should be in the book and what shouldn't be in the book? 
And the answer is no, we don't. We don't. We just read it together. We, we each contribute parts of it. We modify it. We change it. I always tell people that you have to have a thick skin. You can't just think if, if Gene doesn't like something, a sentence or a concept or something. I can't be offended by that. And I'm not offended by it. It's like, okay, let's rewrite this and make it better than it already is. And I think Gene does the same thing on the other side. So we get along. Some days we get frustrated, but never with each other. We get frustrated with some of the processes or like Gene just said, you know, somebody will type something and then we'll go back, let's say, in this new word 365 that we're trying to learn and <laughs> things get lost. And it's like, oh, my goodness, where is it? And, and we get frustrated with processes, but never with each other. Gene is a wonderful person to work with. <laughs> oh, thanks, Judy. Thanks. Yeah, well, the Mutual Admiration Society, once again. <laughs> and we really, um, you know, we haven't seen one another in person other than, you know, FaceTime uh, for a year. And we it's like we really don't need to be in the same room to write. And I would use that as as an encouragement to others who are thinking about writing, doing it by yourself. Ooh, wow, how boring could that be? Um, what a steep learning curve that could be. Who wants to fumble around with it? And then, and then, you know, try to figure out how am I going to get this published? That That's like a mountain that you've yeah. got to climb. Yeah. And uh, having a partner to do it, like Judy, it really is valuable. My husband is, you know, he's like, forget it. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but he's my IT man. And so I go to him for help me, help me, and, and we'll figure it out. And then, you know, I go off and call Judy. Judy, have you ever heard of this? And she'll say, no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. Well, Jean, Jean, I hear that Florida is pretty nice this time of year if Colorado people want to get away from cold. So, you know, if you've been thinking maybe you need a little ride together, maybe you need a little weekend away. But so it's funny, you mentioned Every morning you talk on on my phone still every Thursday comes up puzzle time with Nadine. So every Thursday morning we visit for an hour on FaceTime. We we visit face to face. And it's you know, it started when we started writing piece by piece, 10 lessons from a jigsaw puzzle. And and it continued because I'm like, okay, the book's published, it's out there. I just like visiting with her now every week. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's very nice. It's very nice. It's pretty awesome. So how many more? You have two out and the third is on its way soon. And is there a fourth in progress? No, it is not in progress on paper. It is in progress in our minds. Wait, wait, caveat in Judy's mind. She's already, (laughs) she's mentally gone off to book four. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here is here is where the friendship ends. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm about a month behind her on that fourth book curve. Okay. Narrative arc. All Narrative right. Arc. <laughs> so show us book two. What's book two? Oh, book two. Here's book two. The okay. last slide. Let's see it. See it clearly in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
back in there. And there's our Phoebe Cornell, our relentless detective. Okay. Um, and she is uh, happy, happy in Colorado. Sort of happy. Yeah, she's happy. Um, and uh, her her saga continues with, uh, in this case, a situation that could have been a murder. But I, I'm not going to do a spoiler alert on it. But it continues on with the relationships of all the people that we have in book one. And it adds some additional people. Okay. You know, to add to um, that specific story. And again, it takes place in Oresville, and there's uh, all of the same things involved at different levels, but we've got humor in there. We've got a lot of history in there, descriptions of the mountains, uh, descriptions of um, some mining situations, and the characters continue on. So yeah, we've got a lot of fun with this one. Sure. All right. And I understand that book one is now out in audio. And so, yeah, Jean, you talked about Judy having a lovely voice. Judy, did you narrate it? No, I did not. Uh, we hired a company. Uh, I had gone to uh, the Wyoming Writers Conference in Sheridan, Wyoming this past June. And there was a gentleman there uh, having a display and his company which is a very small company, does audiobooks. And so Gene and I spoke with them, this gentleman, Luke, and uh, his wife, Lily, and we were very impressed with them. And they offered, offered us a great contract to do all three books, book one, book two, and book three. So book one is done and uploaded and available on Amazon. Book number two is being recorded this week. And we are hoping when uh, book three is actually published on Amazon that in the February we'll have book three, the audio book completed for that too. So yeah, we're just thrilled with that. And it's very interesting process. And I don't know if you have done that process, Laurel, for audiobooks, so you know, but maybe your listeners don't. So we had the opportunity to listen to a couple of different actresses that, and we, and we requested, we wanted a woman to do it because we have got our, our primary character as a woman. And the first person we listened to, we didn't feel really captured what we were looking for. And they brought in a second person uh, who was an actress and has recorded lots of books, lots and lots of books. And she was perfect. So she had a copy of book one. Uh, the company that we contract with, the lady's name was Lily. Lily went through and picked out sections with all these different characters. And so this actress read paragraphs of all the different characters with how she would have them sound and what the uh, accents were, et cetera, et cetera. And she was and is terrific. And she's got her own following for people will go to buy books that she has narrated because they think that highly of her. So we would just thrilled to have her and she will do all three books. Well, that's hope- that's fabulous to know, because a narrator of a book can make or break an experience for a reader slash listener. Uh, if if someone is 
irritating to the ears. You just, you, you, you can't listen to it. Uh, and again, you know, you know, if someone captures a mood or a, or a personality or whatever, I love listening to audiobooks when I'm out walking, when I'm vacuuming, when I'm on my treadmill, uh, it just, it makes the time go by fast and it's fabulous. So I'm so happy to hear that, that these are out. Yes. Jean. If I could add a comment too. I, I'm running into more and more people who only do audio because they are really limited on how good their sight is anymore. And this is like a whole new world for them that they can listen to audiobooks while they're, Lord help us, still driving. <laughs> but, uh, you know, around the house, out for walks, it just, uh, you know, losing their sight is a very real concern for uh, a lot of people I've talked to who, who love audio for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I can, I can relate to that. I have crummy eyesight. But um, I think audio is uh, really a great way uh, to produce a service for people who have limitations. So it, is. Uh, it makes sense for us. And, and we also looked at having both uh, a narrator, a female narrator, and a male doing uh, the parts for the um, um budding romance with phoebe and uh everybody loves beautiful man and he is beautiful man and uh (laughs) this guy did not sound like a beautiful man so let me just say that (laughs) so but but also you know our expectations are he should sound this way he should sound that way i don't i don't maybe i could take a course and someone would you know, from Hollywood would tell me what are the good voices to have for audio. I don't know that stuff. And and that's, you know, another learning tool for Judy and I is how how do you go? So we really re- rely on this husband and wife team up outside of Fort Collins Green to help us with that because they both have experience in Hollywood. And, um, you know, it's whatever we want. We're the customers. Right. Well, as customers, Judy and I are learning. I wouldn't say that we know what we were, we are doing. We do not. But that's the first step in learning is well, you don't know. <laughs> I I have I have to disagree with you because, you know, your very first book right out the gate that you pantsed was a finalist in <laughs> the, <laughs> the Cal Author Award. So, yeah, thank you. There thank you go. You. Yeah, I, go. and you know, we really went off the rails last year. It was uh, it was the whole COVID thing, and we really didn't know what to do with book one. And here we have book two, and it's just it's just fun to write and fun to publish it. And by the way, we have to sell some of these things. It's thank goodness we don't have to rely on sales to put food on the table. Okay. Thank you, Social Security, right? <laughs> Do you have any marketing tips while we're on that? We just spent uh, a great deal of time and energy with book number three, getting it right, getting it edited, getting it cleaned up. And sometimes all of the things that we need to do, including the marketing, it becomes overwhelming. And I and, and I think Jean feels the same way. Sometimes I just shut down because it's, 
it's too much. I can't do all these different things with all these balls in the air. So what we have chosen to do is we focus on book three. We have got it now that has it's in the process of being uploaded and published. Now, our next effort is going to be marketing programs. You know, we do have an email group. We do have a presence on multi uh, media type like Facebook and TikTok and all that jazz. But we have not really utilized it to the max. And that's, and we really need to take our eyes off other things and focus on the marketing thing a hundred percent and see what we can do. And I know there's some tools out there from different companies and we're going to be working on what's going to work for us. So that's where we're at with it. Uh, All right. Jean, anything to add to the marketing aspect? Oh yeah. I, you know, once again, the Writers Exchange uh, did a workshop a couple of months ago, October, and uh, Writers Exchange does two workshops a year, and they are so valuable if you're a writer at all and you're interested in writing. Not that you have to be published, but you're interested. I think the the real key here is go to these workshops. They're very inexpensive. 20 bucks is the one coming in this February if you're a member. And uh, Laurel, by the way, is a membership chair for the Writers Exchange. So for 20 bucks, you're a member. And for another 20, you can go to this uh, very advanced uh, workshop. And uh, I went to this. And (laughs) once again, I left the workshop. I called Judy. Judy, have you ever heard of a QR code? (laughs) She's like, no, should I Google that? I'm like, yeah, I think we need to figure this one out. You know, that's that's the extent of our marketing is we need a QR code and we need uh, we need business cards and we we need this, we need that. And we have a cadre of women here in Leadville and uh, yourself, Laurel and Salida and also Buena Vista. And they're very helpful and they're willing to come up with ideas. And, uh, you know, in I, I think it's uh, interesting in book two, uh, someone had said, you know, I really get confused when I read a series. Where are all these locations in town? Oh, you mean you need a map? And there's this one lady saying that and the other lady saying, I can draw you a map. And so here's the map for book two. And then we updated it for book three and then said, well, this is such a great idea. We'll make a bookmark out of it. So it's that kind of, and these women are, you know, saying, gee, I really wish, and we're going, boom, we can do this. We women do. women and men. We have a cadre of women and men, very talented in very talented. the CC yeah. Writers Exchange. And there's a critique group. And yeah. So, so without me saying anything, what kind of advice would you give to budding authors? Judy, what kind of writing advice would you give to authors? Discipline yourself to write every day, a place in your house that that's all you do at that place is right. So you are not disrupted by quote life going on around you have faith in yourself. And I would encourage them, anybody to belong to writers groups, 
one, two, three. I belong to one in Wyoming. I belong to one in Florida. Still have been a member with um, the one in Colorado, CCWE. And uh, you make a lot of contacts and you get a lot of uh, encouragement to move forward. Yeah. So that's what right. I would say. Jean, <laughs> Jean, what do you have to add? Well, I would add, and, and Judy and I wrote this into a little comment in book three, uh, you know, back in what, the 1500s, 1600s, a philosopher by the name of Van Gogh wrote, leap and the net will appear. And every now and then I see that phrase on different things, everybody in the world, of course, getting credit for it, but it originated with this guy. And, and I think that's right. Take that step. And I think there are the, you know, it's the recipe, take the step and then develop your place to write, your time to write. For myself, I take copious notes. If someone tells me a story I, and I say to Judy, you know what, Judy, you can't make this stuff up. These are human beings doing crazy stuff. <laughs> and sometimes I use a vernacular on it even. Have you ever heard of it? And I'll take a note. And we'll write it in. And you have to be careful what you say around Judy and Jean, because you and your experience might appear in that next book. That's right. <laughs> excellent. Excellent advice from both of you. And oh, my goodness, this has been a delightful visit. And I would like to offer you both tea or or something else. Um, so you're going to have to get that on your own. But where can where can people find out more about you and find your books? Well, of course, we have to have a website, right? And uh, so go to B, as in Butler, B N G, as in Gabardi, books.com, B N G books.com. And you can write to Phoebe, Phoebe Cornell at gmail.com, right? And uh, then the books and the audio and the paper paperbacks and Kindle and now audio are on Amazon, our old buddies at Amazon. And um, we um, we know that you can get them uh, at some libraries. You can request them and they'll get them. And uh, even the independent bookstores can order them in through, you know, whatever their means is. Usually it's Ingram, right? So right, right. Uh, just look, we're there or Go to our uh, email and we'll be happy to talk to you. Awesome. Judy, any shout outs to anyone? Oh, my goodness. Well, I would say our husbands who have tolerated us, who have encouraged us, who see that we're happy doing the uh, what we're doing. And because it does take a lot of time away from them and things that they might want to be doing. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful for uh the women and who have done beta readings of our book and edited and given us feedback, not only just the mechanical pieces of it, but, you know, some thoughts of how the story went and if we needed to make from a reader standpoint, if we needed to make any modifications. So we're very, very grateful for them uh, for sure. And our children and grandchildren, but are especially our children who are very, uh, excited about what we're doing and uh, they have been very supportive and uh, once in a while a little critical <laughs> in a positive way though we love them so yeah thank you 
And you, thank you for having us. Oh, you're very welcome. It's it's uh it's been overdue. Gene, shout out, shout outs. Well, uh, you know, just uh, you know, ditto to what Judy said because it really does take a lot of people and their support for us to start into another career stream. And that and it really is a stream. It it flows. And uh, you're an author, you know what it's like to go through the process and the publishing that goes with it. And I think uh, the big thing for me is uh, a lot of the people that I know that we have written into the book and uh, they're still friends and they still put up with us and they're still talking to us. And, um, you know, Becky's buns up uh, really uh that is a dear friend of mine for 50 years, and uh, she is still a good friend, and she is a terrific baker. And so she got stuck with the ownership on Buns Up. Becky <laughs> Buns <laughs> was the narrative on that. I think that's <laughs> A lot of people like that. And it just, it, thanks for yeah. the opportunity to to mention them and thank. Yeah, it's good. You're, it's all you're- good. You're so welcome. And so you two will send me some pictures and some links to things, and I will have them on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. We'll have photos with links and show notes from what we just discussed here. And, and this episode will go live on YouTube, and then we'll have an audio version. And Judy Butler and Jean, a.k.a. Gaga Gabardi. This has been delightful. And when you finish, I don't know, when you finish your series, if you ever finish your series, we'll we'll do this again and we'll see where you are and we'll see if you're still friends. But your collaboration is delightful and it it gives me great hope in humanity and friendship. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon at the next CCWE We Write event. So, and for any of you out there looking for a writing community, I'll have a link to that too. So, all right. Thank you. And goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. And stay well. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com, where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.